0: all right what a nice show root dude root dude i can't even speak uh root dude minor been in this for a long while so it was good to talk to somebody with a long line of history and uh the philosophical side of it and all that uh, it's really the Bitcoin community is so cool is it's very it's very just all over the place diverse and stuff there's there's crazy personalities there's there's the breed loves that are the Aristotles as I call them. uh you know Hoddle, crazy but smart as shit and then then all those plebs all us people in the middle which is the engine as I always say we are the engine, Bitcoin is the engine. We are the fuel and the fire. Uh, Michael Saylor was mentioned, what's going on with that. It's just, I think we're on it. It's weird, it, t- today was another historical day. Got up in when we were recording, uh, this is on the 26th day after Christmas, got up into the, the high 26s. Uh, just, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fucking fun. I don't care who you are. So anyways, uh, give a listen. Get a little perspective from the minor side of it. And just have a good time as usual. Uh, we were having some cider. And I was having a little bit of Ed Williams and stuff. It's good talk. So have a good uh, evening. Merry Christmas to y'all. I know it's late. This will probably come out around New Year. I don't know. Anyways, as always, if you liked it, Tell everybody, you know, maybe how you get over to Apple and rate it? And if you don't like it, just shut the hell up. Keep it to yourself. And uh, as usual, swan bitcoin forward slash mother trucker. If you are not in this or if you are in it and you're going to start doing the Auto DCA, you can use my link. Help me out. You get 10 bucks free. Anyways, no sponsors. No fences, no badges, no rules. This is Barstools, Bitcoin, and Bullshit. See ya! Uh, welcome to reality. E- money makes life hard. hard money makes it easy so belly on up to the bar tell a story hey show your skies, it's bar stools and more time for the miners. Barstools and Bitcoin and Bullshit. Make your mama proud. All right, everybody. Welcome to Barstools, Bitcoin and Bullshit we have today (laughs) thank you sir thank you nobody else ever gives me any goddamn applause the last one somebody sang along so that was kind of (laughs) cool
1: happy to be the first
0: yeah anyways uh today we've got uh i i can never say it it's root root how your fucking twitter name so goddamn long i can't but it but it's root dude and uh coming in it's root dude Yep, coming yep. in from, from near some sandy beaches somewhere in America. And uh I'm coming in from the usual opposite of the sandy beaches of America. I'm just in the middle of the desert. But anyways, we're gonna we're gonna talk today and we're just meeting here. But he's a miner, minor, minor, miner, and uh some other things, and we're just gonna tell some stories. But anyways, welcome to the program
1: route. Thank you, thank you, Bubba. I'm glad to be here. Um, are you are you uh, are
0: you partaking in any uh, adult libations on this show, or no?
1: I am indeed, and this is not a uh, this is not a uh, a push for this particular brand, but uh, I am doing some original sin tonight. Black Widow cider. Ooh, there you go. That's some good stuff it
0: sounds like a cider's never bad. cider's pretty good. i uh i'm I'm well, loaded up with my usual shit because i'm I just wake up say I work at the night, so this is my morning to me. <laughs> so I've got the coffee, I got the Evan Williams and diet Coke and I got some water. so I got them all going.
1: <laughs> I'm good. Nice. I'm but, a bourbon man when I'm not drinking this uh, this stuff
0: yeah yeah well bourbon never does nobody wrong and i don't care if it's the expensive shit or the bad or the cheap shit because i drink the cheap shit myself that's just who i am uh the kentucky the kentucky well, that's how you stack that's right that's right it's kentucky holy water you know <laughs> that's how i work it but anyways um, so give us a little rundown on what you are who you are and what you do uh, so everybody knows kind of where we're
1: coming from. We'll take it from there. Sure. Uh, I, uh, I got started in the Bitcoin space, I guess, in late 2012. Um, this was about the time that, uh, that we first started to see some mainstream media coverage of the technology. And uh, I've been in technology myself since I was about 13 years old. So for me, uh, you know learning about uh, any type of technology that provided some type of digital scarcity was something that was that I found really interesting. And you know after reading and I know I, I dove right down into it and read the white paper right from the very beginning and uh, it it made sense and uh, not only did it make sense but you know um, within a very short period of time I was able to sort of iterate through, the, you know, all, all the challenges that I see people raise even today. Um, you know, why doesn't the government step in and buy it all? Why doesn't somebody step in and buy it all? Um, you know, silly things like that. And uh, so it, it immediately clicked, it made sense and I wanted to be a part of it. So uh, I got started mining on a very small scale because of course that's the most technical thing you can do uh, in the Bitcoin space other than developing. And I wasn't a developer, so I had to figure out a way that I could, uh, differentiate myself. Cool. So like when you, when, when you got into
0: it there, something, like you said, 13 years old, you were, you were a little kid and going into the, the whole technical computer thing and looking for everything. Cause in that road of life and leading up there, leading up there to the edge of the, as they call it, the rabbit hole and you fall down and you know, Oh, Nah, nah, nah. So pre were you besides the digital and the technical side of it, was there any uh, economics running through your brain during all that time leading up to their economics in your brain going this shit's kind of fucked up and weird because I know for me I, you know, I'm an old fart and I didn't okay. have I didn't have the technical know how of nothing. So when I first read about Bitcoin way back in the day it made no sense to me it was just text shit that blew my hair back and I didn't understand but I came from the more economics <laughs> I came from the more economic side of it and the the philosophical side so uh, you know when you were well
1: leaving- uh okay so you 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 hit on the the two things that I had in my quiver Bubba, um that's really strange that you you picked philosophy and you picked economics because I was a philosophy major with an economics minor mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, from a philosophical standpoint, I'm I'm I guess a, a reformed libertarian, uh, what you would call it, maybe a realist, <laughs> and. Uh, and from, from an economics perspective, uh, listen, there's there's one economic principle that speaks to how Bitcoin works more than anything else. And I, I mentioned this today in a tweet, that um, you know, supply and demand is the first thing that you learn about in Econ 101. And if you have a healthy understanding of supply and demand, then you understand the economic technology that is bitcoin and you really don't need to go much further than that in all honesty Mm -hmm. um that that defines you know what you understand bitcoin to do in the future yep so yeah philosophy and economics and i think uh the, the person that i uh have been following a lot lately and uh watching a lot of his uh podcasts and the podcast that he's, he's, uh, he's participating in is uh, Robert Breedlove. And uh, I like his style, and he, uh, I think, follows the same path. You know, he has a, a background in philosophy, and clearly uh, he understands the economics, which is, like I said, not very difficult, but certainly helpful if you have a good, healthy understanding of uh, supply and demand, for sure. Yeah, I am. Um... I call I call
0: I've told him as much. I call him Aristotle of Bitcoin. That's <laughs> so just what I call him. Uh, that's maybe a little lofty, but hey, you know you got to use somebody's name, right? But uh, I went to college for one glorious year, and my my major was uh, economics and finance. And I maybe the second week in my econ one hundred one class, my freshman year, you know, I knew. That okay, I'm I'm leaving college. the The professor, I've told the story before. The professor in this classroom of 300 fucking people. So you know, it's it's just you know, it's not close knit by any stretch. But he said these words. He said, "If you can get a million dollars in debt, you're a millionaire." (laughs) I just went, "What? Mm. This is fucked
1: up." Debt as an asset. Yeah, beautiful.
0: Yeah, and and. So really about that, the, the six week, the first, by the time Thanksgiving break came, I knew I was leaving college. I just, nope, I'm not even going to deal with this. I'm going to go my own route. And, and if this is the life and what I'd seen so far from out of out of uh, family and friends, I was like, I always felt weird about how we were going about it. And I was like, this is just weird because we just kept people. Everybody I knew was just getting loans and loans and loans for everything. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. And uh, so I I pretty much after that, that first year, I, you know, I just kind of... By that break, I was I was already like, okay, I'm out here at Arizona State, and it's sunshine every day. I'm gonna go play golf, drink beer, and chase girls. <laughs> That's the way it went. And at the at the end of the year, I, you know, I called up the old man and my mom, and I said, uh, yeah, I'm out of here. This is this is bullshit. And they said, what are you going to do? And I, <laughs> I dropped the bomb. I'm going to start a rock and roll band, <laughs> you know, because to me, it was like, oh, wow. well, to me, it was just like, well, okay. Rock and roll was always the big freedom machine. As far as I could tell, you know, cause everybody that was in it back in the day, in the seventies, we had real rock stars and they were the big fuck you to the world. And I'm doing it my way. And it just looked like a fun route to roll, but it was also very much an independent route. So I just went that way for about a decade of just, it was fun as shit. And it was crazy and everything else that you can imagine. But the a- economics of it, when I started doing it, I was the the manager of the band, the booker of the band. I did the books. I did everything and trying to just fight my way through this. Cause this is back in the eighties. <laughs> There's nothing right. It's just, and it's the new Reagan world and, right. You know, number go up in the stock market. Just throw your money at fucking everything and make it work. But I didn't fit in there. But uh it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. While while most uh-huh. of you, while most of y'all were were either not that old yet, or or all that I'd had, you know, and trying to find a way, I was kind of, I would, I went the opposite route. I didn't see anything on the horizon, so I started trying to. Rebel in the disappearing act and just try to get the fuck away from the world was the way I went. It's like I'm not going to be a part of this crap because I couldn't see anything. And even going into the 90s, I was like, "Where are we going here? We're just going down a, a bad road, and I don't want to be part of it." So that's, that's how
1: you how. ended up out in the desert.
0: That's how well I I ended up after Arizona. I went back to Indiana. Uh, uh, to the music scene back there. Cause I didn't know a soul out here. Uh, the way I ended up out in the desert again, after trips, meeting the, meeting my wife from the Philippines, we went and lived in the Philippines for a while and uh, all that good stuff. And in 2016, she went over for a whole year and started our farm that we got going over there, which is what I'm going to retire to. But, uh, She came back in 2000, right at the first of 2017. And I was like, I don't want any more humidity. I don't want any unbelievably cold ass winters, but I'd lived in Florida. I knew I'd, you know, so the humidity was out and it was like, where can I go? And I had Wyoming, Texas, or Nevada as my choices. Well, being that I'm married to an Island girl, Wyoming was out. She couldn't take those winters. So Wyoming was out. And And we almost ended up in Texas, almost ended up there out in the panhandle because it was wide open spaces and stuff. But we we ran across a piece out here in Nevada, out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And we went with that for a while. But we had it was in a very small community, and we had some California transplants that came in. And they basically ran us out because they didn't like that we were living off the grid. And they called the EPA on us and all this other stuff. And of course, the EPA came out and went, Well, there's nothing wrong here and I said yeah no except for the one thing uh on our one converted shed which was our bathroom so we were using a compost toilet so the only thing draining was soap and water and we were draining it into a big enamel coated cast iron tub that we'd made into a planter with rocks and stuff so it was it would drain and it would never because it's the desert so it would never get out of that tub. Right. And uh, we were, we were overlooking a big oasis, a big natural lake in the desert. And we were about a mile up the hill. Right. So there's no way water's ever going to make that thing. But people in the neighborhood were, were washing their cars and doing all this other shit. And the EPA didn't say nothing. Well, the EPA said we couldn't do that because they were afraid the soap and water would leak out of a cast iron tub. It was fucking crazy. And I went, nah. But they said cease and desist. And at that point, my wife got so mad. She's like, I I fuck these people. I'm out of here. And I said, I am too. I'm glad you're with me. So we just sold the place and now we just kind of vagabond around right now. We're in a we we spent most of our time because we have two RVs and one of them's all off grid. We stayed out in the desert on the days off from driving the truck. Now we're in an RV park and she's got a little job at a nursing home and taking care of the old Alzheimer's patient. And, and We're just sitting here. We got three years left and then we're gone. We're going to our farm right. and, and all that. And, and if Bitcoin does, <laughs> I told my wife, I said, if Bitcoin does what everybody thinks in the next five, 10 years, I go, your whole family is taken care of, you know? So, but yeah, that's that story on that. Well, I was going to ask you, Bubba, what kind of farm you got going on over there? Uh, we've got, uh, we're growing cacao. That's the main, the main, uh, I'm a child, I grow chocolate. <laughs> so that's the main crop. And then of course, cause hey, it's well. the Philippines, we got papaya, we got bananas, we got coconuts, the whole, the whole deal. We've got like three different plots of land. One big plot, which is up on a hill, where the near near where the jihadis are i've never seen this land because her mom won't let me go she's afraid i'll get kidnapped and killed but we're growing hardwoods up there which is a it's a tree called the falcata tree and it's what they use to make plywood in asia so we've got about another five years before that harvest And then we got another plot that's down in the valley doing the same thing. And the plot of land that our natural farm is, and we'll end up with rabbits and fish and goats and aquaponics and all this other shit. But it's about a, it's about eight acres. That one plot that's growing all the, it's really the real farm, you know? Right.
1: So, so tell me a little, I'm interested in the RV aspect too. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) I uh I tell you, I've told people, I said, I, 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 for years I wanted to do it. I just wanted to get an RV and, and just cause I'm, I'm just a vagabond. I like to move around and shit. Uh, but once we did it, we bought that RV in 2016, the little one, the green one, the off grid one. And we lived in it for four years and just driving around, you know, um, and park it, and then I would get back in the the truck, and we'd drive for a while, make a little bit of money, and then do around. The best was the summer of 2017. We drove around for three or four months, just driving around out west here, and all the BLM land, going up on mountaintops, and all this other stuff, just getting out there, and it was great, Um, and now we've got this big 42-footer that I'm sitting in right now that's parked. It's a big class a slide out 42 foot it's like a rolling house you know and uh but i I, i'm like one of those old i'm like one of those you know here comes the zombie apocalypse both tanks on both rvs are completely full so if we have to get the hell out of dodge because the zombies are coming we're gone you know so i'm kind of nutty that way
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, listen i love that sentiment
0: yeah um
1: I don't, I I don't consider that nutty. I I consider that prepared.
0: Well, that's, that's the way I look at it. And and most of my family and friends for years have just said, you're crazy. You're bat, you're batshit crazy. (laughs) And I said, well, if I am and none of it happens, well, good for all of us, but if it does happen, don't come looking for me. Don't
1: don't let them get away with that, man. Oh, I I, get away with that because they're going to, they're going to be one. They're going to want to tag along with you
0: when the shit hits the fan oh yeah well that's what i that's what i tell them i go if it does hit the fan don't come looking for me you're not going to find me i've given you fair warning i'm sorry you're not coming you're just not coming and tagging along you know (laughs) and they they say well that's mean and i said well what are you doing to me right now (laughs) you know what's good for the goose so yeah for sure anyways tell us uh, Tell us a little bit about this mining thing that you've got going and that you've had going for obviously a while now. Um, Cause I'm sure there's some, I know I'm one that's very interested in that side of Bitcoin. It seems like it's kind of out there in the ether to most of us, you
1: know, but tell us a little bit. Well, um, like I said, you know, dating back to when I first learned about Bitcoin, it was the thing that made the most sense to me, having a technical background. Um, it was something, <clears throat> it was a new technology that I could dig my, my teeth into. Um, and it was right around the transition of, uh, you know, what you would call GPU mining, which are using, uh, you know, graphics cards for mining. And uh, the, the newly developed ASIC technology Um, which, you know, in, in a sense is what, uh, you know, the networks of the world ride on these days. So all of your high-end routers and and switches use ASIC chips, uh, to route packets. And when you get to the point where you have, uh, hardware that does this type of calculations for you, um, you know, it increases the efficiency by a, a large factor. So, um, I would have loved to have learned about it earlier and used GPU cards to mine the heck out of uh, 50, you know, 50 coin blocks, <laughs> but that didn't happen for me. Right? I had to see it. Uh, I had to see it in the mainstream media before I before I learned uh, about it. So, you know, this was around the time that uh, Butterfly Labs uh, came out with uh, some of the first ASIC uh, mining rigs. And the backlog for those were miles long, months and months and months. And people had pre-ordered, man, if I could tell you about the pre-order scams that were out there and, and Butterfly Labs was, was part of that. You know, they, they took people's money years before they ever delivered anything. And what they <laughs> delivered was not anywhere close to what they promised to deliver. So, um, you know, for me, I started out with small ASIC uh, USB miners. Uh, at that time, I mean, when I think back on it and when I had my first ASIC from butterfly labs, I was not one of the people who pre-ordered, but I was, uh, I was buying some of the used equipment from the guys who had gotten burned in the pre, uh, in, in the, the, the pre-orders and, you know, they had calculated their ROI, their return on investment based on what they thought they could mine. If they got the equipment on time, and by the time the, the equipment arrived to them, they realized they weren't going to make back what they put into it, and a lot of people were panic selling, just like you have, you know, people at retail in 2017 who were panic selling their Bitcoin because they thought it was going to drop, uh, you know, to 3,000, which it ended up doing. right but you know it's at those times when you can take advantage of the situation like you know the people who had had invested in this this equipment and waited for a year and a half for it to materialize and were extremely disappointed by the time the equipment actually arrived they were they were selling the equipment left and right and for me just getting into it this was an opportunity because I did have a long-term vision of what uh, Bitcoin was going to do. I, I understood the technology. I understood the economics of it. And, um, I, I didn't have a perfect understanding of it. I'm still learning every day, but, um, so I was snapping up some of that gear and I was, you know, mining at my house. I was, you know, uh, listen, here, here's what mining is. Mining is solving puzzles, solving mm-hmm. them very quickly and matching up the results against what the expected results are. And, you know, you, you win the prize or don't you? And then you go back to the till and you redo the calculations. So ultimately, when you, when you understand, when somebody shows you how to set up your first miner, and you know where to mine, and you've picked a, a mining pool and all those other things, it becomes uh, something that you can do relatively easily. And you don't necessarily have to understand everything about it to set up a miner to start uh, hashing, right? Um, one of the things that I, I learned early on was that there wasn't just straight mining. There were there were other things that you could do with miners. You could rent them. You could rent your hash power to other people who had convictions about other coins that they wanted to mine, but they didn't have the equipment. Uh, and you know there were other services as well. So I developed a, a method uh, to allow my miners what I what I called a, a three tier mining method. I'm not going to describe it here, but it was it was essentially, uh, you know, listen, I'm going to do this with my miners. And if that's not paying off at the level that I expect, my miners are automatically going to switch and they're going to do this. And if that's not paying off where I want it to pay off, then I'm going to have it mine Bitcoin. I'm going to have it mine, you know, if I have uh, script rigs, I'm going to have it mine Litecoin direct. And then I'll wait for my trading opportunities later on to trade whatever coins I'm mining. In in this case, you know, at the time I was mining Litecoin, I'll I'll, I'll pick my my you know my spots and I'll trade back into Bitcoin at that point. So I had this mining method that um, I, I guess to some degree was was unique. I'm sure that there are other miners out there who figured this out also and were doing very well. Um, but uh, you know, eventually, it ended up that you know I was in a spot. Um, I had started mining with a company called uh, Gaw Miners back in the day, and some of the OGs and some of the people who've been mining for a long time probably are familiar with Gaw Miners. Um, but I ended up in a, in a, a long story short. Uh, I ended up purchasing some some rigs that uh, disappeared on me, let's just say I was scammed. Um, And in the process of my uh, of my being upset about, you know, losing, which at the time was not a lot of money, it was uh, 6.1 Bitcoins, I think I remember correctly, for a couple of script rigs. I, I actually met somebody uh, in, in my complaining about this who ended up being quite a savior and, and helped me turn around my whole attitude about, uh, about crypto, Bitcoin, mining, and the community. So here was somebody that I met. His name was Daffy. Uh, and he lived in, I hope I'm not giving anything away, Daffy. Uh, he lived in Belgium. And he heard about what what had happened to me with this this guy scamming me out of 6.1 Bitcoins. And he's like, uh, you know, talk to me a little bit. What were you going to do with the rigs? And when I described this three-tiered mining, he says, you know, uh, that sounds like a really great strategy. How about you do some mining for me? And I'll fund it. And I'll give you a percentage of it. And I was like, well, what could be better than that? Yeah. I, it didn't seem like I'd ever get my 6.1 Bitcoins back. <laughs> but, you know, six this was an opportunity six for one me five. to- 6.15, <laughs> some
0: big titty bitches.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I didn't have the 0.05, you know? I, yeah. And, and there was no 6.15, uh, <laughs> you know, narrative out there yeah, at the time yet. because if there was- <laughs> if it was. I, I probably would have uh, stopped right there and not bought those rigs. <laughs> <That's> but <right. laughs> uh, Dappy and I, we we worked together through that summer, and uh, he he, it was stunning when I when I got to know him a little bit better. He had he had twenty five bitcoins at the time. He had mined a block at some point and put it away. And I was like, oh my god, if only ever I could, yeah. you know. Uh, have that kind of stash and it really didn't amount to much in u.s dollar terms i'm going to tell you you know at the time but i knew what that 25 bitcoins was going to be worth in in the future 20 30 years Uh Uh uh-huh so i was like this guy is so rich (laughs) and uh (laughs) so anyway we worked together for a summer and we became fast friends and we made a lot of uh, we made a lot of bitcoin together doing this using this this principle that i had, I had developed and uh it was uh, it, it really opened my eyes the, the bitcoin community is extremely generous and uh the people in it are genuine for the most part mm-hmm. uh i don't feel like a lot of people are driven by uh motives outside of um what bitcoin stands for Um, now that said the macro people the people who have always been in the the macroeconomics business and in the fiat businesses i I find that the vast majority of them do have um ulterior motives uh, undeclared intentions let's Mm -hmm. put it that way yeah they have ulterior motives and their ulterior motives ultimately are to are to Um, protect their turf and Mm. to protect their narratives. Um, So while they might come across as people that that, uh, are deserving of trust, I think we know if we are true Bitcoiners that that trust um, does not need to exist for us to be excellent uh, people. Um, We can't trust if we trust in numbers we trust in the technology, and we trust in the code. And um, so I, you know, I look at those people that have crossed over from the traditional uh, fiat world, uh, the macroeconomics world to to Bitcoin and tried to sell something, whether it's a a podcast, um, a narrative, uh, you know, what have you, that they're uh, the, in essence, what I would consider to be modern day carpetbaggers. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you probably understand what that term means. Oh, yeah. And they suck, in, they suck in a lot of people and yeah. they, they create a, a vacuum of uh, wealth. Uh, I think it's, you can see it in DeFi. You can see it in Ethereum which is the platform for these types of scams. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the lessons that you have to learn, you know, uh, you have to have loved and lost <laughs> to understand, <laughs> um, you know, what the, what the, uh, the one, the one coin is that's going to save you. And that's, that's really, you know, that's what Bitcoin is all about. And I, you know, now, as a cyber hornet, as uh, you know, Michael Saylor always says, you know, cyber hornets, right? Hey. That's what he calls us, I and mean, we call ourselves plebs. Yeah. As one of those people, you know, I feel a responsibility um, to the people that are killed by, by these rug pulls in, in DeFi that are getting uh, failed by, uh, you know, SEC interference into Ripple Labs and, and XRP, you know, I, I, I've always felt like there was a, a responsibility of people who have, have loved and lost and learned to love again, that uh, we, we should be teaching these people and trying to impart on them the knowledge and the wisdom and the history of this space, if only they would listen. Yep. And that's the hard part. You know, how do you deliver How do you deliver the sour pill to somebody who's so excited about the $100 that they put into YAMS that is now $1,000? And they think that they've made the bank, right? And and, uh, they don't understand that that's not what this technology is about. Yeah. So I don't don't know what that's. Sure, you've read my posts uh, from time to time. I'm yeah. very. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I I, I don't know what that fine line is between, uh, um, you know, being uh, thoughtful or being uh, tyrannical. <laughs> Like uh, I think some maximalists, maximalists can be. There's a there's uh, a philosophical point, look at uh, it. <laughs> sure. So you got you know your holdall Americans uh, uh, on one side, and you've got your Robert Breed on the other. And wherein do you help people to understand these concepts? And I don't know what that. I'm still looking for the right formula to engage people and to, uh, to help them navigate, uh, uh, these, uh, these financial and economic times. Right. And I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, um, you know, I, don't, I really don't want to be the uh, <clears throat> the expert, right? But I, I want to be helpful. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's what helped people and trying to strike a balance between being, uh, smiting them with the stave <laughs> or, uh, you know, picking them up off the ground and, and, and seeing what I can do to, to help. Like, you know, Daffy did for me mm-hmm. uh, seven years ago, right? Yeah.
0: Give back somehow.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, cause I just, you know, I'm, I'm class of 2020. I guess
1: that's one of the reasons why I'm here.
0: Yeah. Well, it, 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 mm-hmm. being, being a new guy myself, you had said something earlier. I am, I am the, the, I guess I'm just so damn old school. I don't, I, I can lead, you know, the old lead the horse to water, can't make them drink. I don't try to shove, I don't try to shove any thought I have down anybody's brain. Uh, I've always done it this way in my life. I just always, I'll tell people what I think and give them that. I'll take them to the water. It's not up to me to shove their fucking head down there. I just don't do it because I'm that whole tyrannical thing or what I know, I'm not a, I'm not a tyrant. I don't want to tell anybody like when my, my, uh, it's just how I've, I've, I've done through my life and with Bitcoin for me, cause I, I, so I checked out so long ago, you know, and went on and off the internet, all the altcoins and stuff. I never even knew about them. I, I, when I wow. found when I, it, I found Thank you. Some, yeah, I found some stupid altcoin thing. That's what got me into this back in when the COVID shutdown started. I went nuts. I mean, we stocked up, and I was ready for Armageddon. Uh, and I went nuts. But I found this weird, stupid book, Crypto One Hundred One, and so I I got it. It was free. Order it free from Facebook shit. So I got it, and I started reading it. And in the first few pages, I went. It just hit me as like, well, no, Bitcoin's the only one that matters. What what I just read in there, the economics, the number go up technology, you know, the 21 million and ain't going to get no more. I went, well, that's the one, all this other shit is gone. So I started listening to podcasts and, and it was theirs that I was listening to. I can't even remember what the name was, but I heard a few interesting people and I'm like, and they were talking all the alt shit. And I was like, nah, I don't want to, I'm not interested. And then one day uh, Corey Clipson was on from Swan and I knew driving in a truck, there was no way I could have the computer on and, and uh, trade and all that stuff. So I knew I was out of that. And when he said mentioned just in the podcast, what Swan was with auto DCA I went, Oh shit, I can do that. That I can get in this. And then <laughs> it, was, it was just Bitcoin only. And, I was a I was a maximalist without knowing I was a maximalist cuz I only just saw one. Is Bitcoin was it? All the other shit shit. And maybe that's just cuz I've been living in this world and uh learned early on, had my love and my losses early on before it cost me any real money. Uh and in my life uh just uh I, I don't trust. It was like the whole thing. Don't trust verify. That's how I lived my life. I didn't trust a soul that was talking to me until I could verify what they were telling me. So that whole thing, I was like, oh, well, yeah, Bitcoin saying this. Okay. I'm good on this. Um, it just, for me, in my simple fucking mind, Bitcoin was the only one that had any essence of common sense behind it. And I didn't understand the tech, but I knew 21 million. We're not going to, there's no more. That's it. So I understood scarcity because way back in the day, I did my gold and silver time, uh, back in the day. And, uh, luckily in 2012 sold all my silver when it was up there at that $50 range and just, well, okay. Cause I was getting ready to go to the Philippines. And I knew I couldn't take my silver. (laughs) You know, I can't carry that on a plane. So so I I liquidated that and, uh, you know, built a house with it over there and all that other good stuff. Uh, And that was a whole thing because I don't know what I'm doing. And I built a house (laughs) and it's still standing through a couple typhoons. So I guess I knew what I was doing on that. But uh, now it's just the Bitcoin narrative. Uh, and I like it that the fact, like, like you mentioned, you got your breed loves on one side and, uh, American Hoddle on the other and he shit posts all time, but he's a really smart guy. He gets his point across the way he gets it across. Oh. And it's, it's, <clears throat> it's very hard nose in the face. He doesn't, he doesn't. And I like that. And then breed love on that oh, other course side do. and that other side. And then there's breed love. And I'm really interested to see, cause him and Hoddle or putting some documentary together, you know, and that'll be an interesting little documentary when that comes out. But I like in the Bitcoin community. I like that there's 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 rebellious people, and I'm rebellion. Everything I do is about rebellion and shit because it's just the world. You, you if you don't rebel against that's this, world, back
1: to your uh, to your band days, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you don't rebel against the world, that's <laughs> that's like you were saying, a reformed libertarian, a realist, that's what I am. I'm just an individual realist. And if you don't reform or if you don't rebel against this world, that's in front of us right now, I don't know what your fucking problem is. (laughs) I
1: really don't. So, you know, I I, listen, Bobo, I, I, when I, I, when I read through some of the, some of these um, I guess it was a couple of days ago. And I'm watching people as Bitcoiners or, or people who are professed Bitcoiners, you know, talking about, uh, you know, wearing masks and following mask mandates and things like that. I'm so can't think for yourself that you can't. Uh, you can't realize that you're being sold a narrative that doesn't make any sense. You know, use your brain. incompatible. I look, look at Peter McCormick with his, you know, uh, with his comments about politics and everyone and hold this opinion. Now, I respect that there are plenty of us that have different opinions than, than I do. Um, the thing about the Bitcoin community is that people do hold um, varying points of view on certain things, um, But, you know, when it comes to the narratives that grow out of being a Bitcoiner and how they touch the real world, in in this case, you know, politics and, you know, I've read uh, Safe and and others, you know, in in his book, he talks about politics being essentially an extension of, uh, uh, you know, the fiat world. Um, You know, we still have to have a foot in the fiat world, right? We all have to pay our bills. Uh, we we there are rules that we have to follow to some extent. But some of some of us take it a little too far. <laughs> Peter McCormick <laughs> being one of them. And I, I just That's the I, I can't agree, of agree with a day. him. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, and I can't agree with him. And, and uh, he drives me nuts. And I, I think every time, you know, he's he's threatened before to block me. Yeah. I'm going to myself, <laughs> okay, well, what do I what am I really going to lose if this, yeah. uh, what's the know, big this, loss, this Brit, <laughs> this Brit who, you know, is in level four lockdown and love and life. Yeah. Uh, you know, what am I going to lose if I, if I don't hear his opinion on something and I'm thinking, well, you know, go ahead and block me, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, looking great. Cause, Cause Cause I know what you're talking about there and it's like, uh, I being being that a lot of my old friends are out of the musician world that which means they're very liberal and very scared of the wind blowing they've almost disowned me this year and I'm I'm sure more than one oh, or yeah. two I'm sure more than one or two has disowned me and uh I have a mask <laughs> that I wear when I'm told, yeah. like, so I got to go get groceries. Uh, most of the times, though, I'll walk in without the mask and they say, sir, do you have a mask? And I just walk on and say, yep, sure do. It's in my pocket and just walk on in and wait until I get confronted. And then I get confronted and I put the mask on and they hate it because the mask right across the front it says, fuck you, you fucking fuck. <laughs> and I walk through the store and I just offend the shit out of everybody. Now, I kind of, if there's a little kid in the aisle, I put my hand over the, the fuck you, you fucking fuck. I'm not, I'm not a bad man. I don't want the kid to see it, but you know, I just love the looks I get. It's like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and I
1: keep waiting for it, And it's happened a few times. A few people have walked up to me and said, I have to say that I have a mask like that too, but it doesn't have the curse words on it. Okay. What, what,
0: what does your say on it?
1: It's just got, uh, it's got a set of testicles on it <laughs> that, re- that, re- that resemble my chin. That's yeah. I, I didn't, my, wife, my wife will not have me wear it anywhere where she's <laughs> around, but uh, I keep that in my pocket. You well, know, this, I want to make a statement.
0: Yeah, this will tell you a little bit about my wife she has a matching mask we both walk in with the same fuck you you fucking fuck <laughs> she's great she's great but i've had people come up to me and they've said you know that mask is offensive and i go well i'm okay i'll take it off <laughs> and I take it off right in front of them and then they get all Google googly-eyed. oh my god you're infecting me i like yeah maybe i am you know but that's uh, crazy and that's what that's what got me uh fired from the walmart I job think, i just refused- I think they're that- I refused to put the mask on and they ended up firing me.
1: <laughs> well, you, you, hopefully you didn't need that job anyway. Nah, um, no, I don't need it. I'm, I'm not that extreme, that I think that people need to be, you know, need to be making statements that are not in their, their best interests. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if there's not a level of resistance and questioning uh, of narratives, then we all become subjects. Mm -hmm. And that is not what Bitcoin is about. Bitcoin is about, and the philosophy behind Bitcoin is about being a sovereign individual. And if you don't have an understanding of what a sovereign individual is, there are plenty of books you can read. Um, So, you know, uh, I think that maybe that, you know, the people that we're talking to and talking about that have this sort of uh, this, uh, this association of you know, what they're in Bitcoin for and how they live their lives, they probably have not had enough time to understand how this affects the other. And as time passes, I believe that uh, you know, people like McCormick and, and other folks um, in the space who have a disconnect between their belief in Bitcoin and their belief in how they should live their lives, that those things need to become more uh, in sync with each other in order for them to live the kind of life that they expect this sort of independence and sovereignty and everything else will lead them towards. And what they desire is that but they just don't know how, how to make that happen yet. Mm -hmm. So I entreat them to continue reading and to continue looking at my posts from time to time. And maybe they'll, maybe they'll pick something up. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's possible that that's the whole lead. The horse to water can't make him drink. All you can do is, is plant seeds. You plant seeds like Johnny Appleseed, drop them on the ground and hope they go. And that's up to them to make them go. It's not my responsibility to tell them how to think and what to think. I can tell them to look at shit and think it through, actually sit down, turn off all the noise, turn off your phone, turn off the, the TV, the computer and just think, just think for a while. Cause I don't think people, I don't think people do that enough anymore. Like, and it's easy for me to, to say, cause they can't find the time. It's easy for me to say, because I drive this truck and I'm just alone out in the middle of the Robert, night in the desert. Let's,
1: let's be, but let's be fair. Um, this uh, the the scandemic that we are in right now has afforded all of us the opportunity to do it, to yeah. read and to think.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the people that continue to choose not to, you know, that's that's on them. Uh, in all honesty, um, because the resources are there. Uh, I think that Dan Held uh, posted something today. That was very prescient when, when we're talking about something like this, you know, the, the aftermath of the 2017 uh, Bitcoin crash, um, which was very much a retail, uh, retail crash Mm -hmm. resulted in a lot of publishing of resources for people to learn, uh, you know, more about. Bitcoin to learn about the technology, to learn about the ethos behind, uh, you know, what Bitcoiners are about, what they do, and how they think. And uh, and I think that there's a different type of retail uh, retail holder. That's going to come out of this institutional move that we're seeing right now. The, the the person who's going to be involved at the retail level is going to be far more educated, yep, uh, far less guided by emotion, of what it takes to Bitcoin as opposed to fiat. Um, you know, comparing their their Bitcoin net worth to what that would mean in the fiat world, right? And I, I think that even if 10% of those people uh, adjust their thinking that way, um, it makes a huge difference in, you know, how this all plays out. Um, You know, again, uh, Robert uh, also posted something this morning, Robert Breedlove Mm -hmm. um, about the transition from, uh, you know, a fiat, denominated world to uh, a Bitcoin denominated it's all world. That one. Yep. It's all and that one. it's very I think it's yeah, it's incredibly important that if you are a Bitcoiner and you do believe in the technology and you have gone down the rabbit hole, that you start to price things in your life. And I say price because you know there's I don't know what other word there is or yeah. uh, that would that would be suitable for you know somebody who's new to the space to understand. But You know, pricing your time, pricing the things that are around you, valuing them in Bitcoin as opposed to what they cost uh, from a fiat perspective. And it's in this way that we're going to transition in a peaceful way from a world of, you know, fiat uh, abundance to uh, Bitcoin deflation. And if that transition is not smooth, it's, it's not going to look good. No. And I, I'm dearly hoping that the, the people who are at the forefront of, of the Bitcoin revolution can entreat upon the plebs and the cyber hornets to really start thinking about, um, hey, look, uh, uh, for instance, I'm talking to a company about doing some work for them as a, as a consultant, Right. And, uh, you know, the negotiation goes like this as far as salary is concerned. Listen, I'm I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in, you know, PayPal or, or anything else. I, you're going to have to pay me in Bitcoin to do this. And the person on the other side understands because I'm working on a crypto project, right? Right, exactly. So he understands what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he says, well you know, then I'm only going to pay you X and I'm going to say, you know what, that's great because I'm, I'm okay. I know where I'm going to be in six months. Right. With that, with that salary. Mm -hmm. Right. As long as, as long as we're not denominating a a $20,000 salary against what the Bitcoin price is, or I'm just going to be paid, you know, a hundredth of a Bitcoin a week to do a certain amount of work. And that's just going to carry on. I know that my work is going to become more and more valuable mm-hmm. in, in time, and you know, uh, listen. This is this is the way the transmission is the 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 uh, the transition is going to be peaceful, and I would love it to be that way because I don't want to see people suffer in the transition from you know a fiat world to a Bitcoin standard. Yeah. But, um, listen, it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, I think that there are a lot of smart, intelligent, helpful people who are donating their, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, you're fine. Do you have a question? Nope. Nope. Go ahead. I'm listening.
1: Listen, I I know how much effort's being made and, uh, I think it, it takes more. It takes more effort. And I think that every day I see more and more people <clears throat> who appear in my feeds that are liked and retweeted by other people that I respect who get it, and uh, and that makes me feel really good about the direction that we're heading. And not because you know we're up 10% today. Um, <clears throat> and yes, I I do uh, for all of my um, uh, for all of my. Problems with you know people who price watch. I, I do watch the price from time to time. Of yeah, well, course. well, it's kind but, of hard um, not to. <laughs> it's kind of hard not to. It is. It is really. It is really hard not to, especially on a day like today. Today, today is a historic day, right? <laughs> and every, and and every day from here on out will probably be in some way a historic day. Exactly. Um, I, I just think that the more we can concentrate on educating people um, about the the problems with shitcoins um about you know the Bitcoin standard, what it stands for, uh the better off we're all gonna be. And yep. the sooner the better. Well
0: I, I'm I'm of the fact a couple things there. Uh as far as the shit coins are concerned, the only reason I can see it's this that anybody's even fucking remotely interested in them, it's not that they believe one out in them. it's gambling. It is nothing more than pure gambling. And there's those people that just love to fucking gamble. I'm not one of them, but they just love to gamble. And if they are these believers in XRP or anything else, it's like, what are you? You just want to shake them by the head and go, what, what, what are you fucking believing in? What, what is there? First off, what is there to believe in? And then why would your, what would your mama do to you? <laughs> you know, what, what, what fucked your brain up so goddamn bad, you know, but that's just me. Uh, <clears throat> the peaceful revolution thing, uh, I I completely agree. I, I put up a post with, with my, my spirit animal, Lemmy the other day, a picture of him. And it said peaceful revolution. It's your choice or fuck off, you know? And that's, that's where I'm at on that. I want a peaceful revolution in the transition. I want it. Uh, I I'm a realist that it may not be that way. And I don't want it the other way. I want peaceful, but there's people in this world that that are and a large majority that holds on to the, the way that it is right now. They don't, because change scares the hell out of them. And some of them are very heavily invested in the world, staying the way it is, because that's how they make their money. And then the ones that are on the other end of that spectrum where the world's kicking them in the ass, but they just go, well, it's the kick in the ass. I know. And they're just scared. And then there's, then there's us weirdos out here as they, they like to call us as weirdos. And we're, we're, we're looking at the world in a different way. And they just say, well, you're, you're stupid and they don't understand it. it it's, it's kind of like in this, every time that you, you run across a new idea and if it's yours and you're spouting it amongst normal, normal people, if they don't understand it, they'll call you stupid just because they don't understand it. And that's just the way reactions of humans in this in this last 30, 40 years. That's the way it goes instead of I always love it. Everybody talks about how open minded we are these days. And blah, blah, blah. I think it's actually the opposite. I think we actually were more open minded back in the day because we 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 had, for lack of a better word, lack of information to where we thought we knew we have so much information now, people think they know something about everything and they still don't that you can't know everything about everything. Uh, But I don't know that we're as open minded as we once were. That's that's my take on it. I wish it was different, but that's that's me.
1: I think that uh, you you got a you got a good point there. <clears throat> As we get older, and we get wiser, I think it, you know the open-mindedness to some degree falls by the wayside, and we we are able to differentiate between being open-minded and being stupid-minded. <laughs> um, there you go. And what I mean, <laughs> right, right. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, there are certain things in this world and certain things that you have in your life that, uh, that you certainly uh, benefit from having an open mind. When it comes to economics, when it comes to finances, uh, that open mind can tend to uh, cause you to lose opportunities that if you are single-minded and you can read all the books that you want about, you know, all the multi- Billionaires out there—they all say the same thing. You have to understand that when you see an opportunity, that—and you realize that it's an opportunity—that a laser focus is required in order to take to take advantage of that opportunity. Whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, an investment, whether it's a business, whether it's a business idea, um, that that sort of laser focus is what makes you successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Saylor is a perfect example of this. <laughs> that that, guy's, you know, that guy's he's a know no 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 i he, he is flo- he's floated around he he was open-minded he took in the all of the different types of assets and investments that were available to him which was everything mm-hmm. and uh and once he found what it was that was going to solve his his um issue decaying uh decaying treasury issue he was laser focused and he found every way possible to maximize his ability to take advantage of what he believed in. And that's what I think people should learn about, uh, you know uh, the crypto space and crypto is a terrible word. <laughs> but the crypto space is, is 10,000 thousand different <laughs> no it's you know it's 10,000 different directions right yes. it's mm-hmm. it's 12,000 different directions and each one says that it's better than the other one mm-hmm. and each one says that it has a a specific principle about it that makes it unique but um when you develop that laser focus after you know being open minded and you've spent time in the space and you've developed the wisdom and you've been burnt and you've loved and lost and you've loved again, you know what you should be focused on and that's accumulating Bitcoin and that's it. And if today, if a day like today doesn't make that perfectly (laughs) clear to a lot of people, nothing will then, you know, have fun being poor. Yeah. Right. That's the staying of the day. Have fun. being Staying poor. You know, I don't know how to help you. Yeah.
0: Uh, You mentioned like the word crypto. I don't even use the word. I don't. It's not in my lexicon. Bitcoin is the only word in my lexicon. There's no crypto to me. I just, I know it's out there, but I don't use those. I don't use that word because it just seems and like, like somebody will follow, I'll say. I, if, I
1: forgive you. I forgive <laughs> you being a 2020, being a 2020 member. Uh-huh. You, you can, uh, you can get away with that for sure. Yeah,
0: I guess he can. I mean, well, I can get away with whatever the fuck I want to get away with. You know? But I, I just, I just, uh, I just have a, I have a hard time because the word crypto takes in everything and it, 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 and that includes Bitcoin, and it's like I don't think you can compare, or even put in it, put it in the same class with all the others. Bitcoin is off by itself. It is, it is, it's the essence. Everything else is like Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the peanut butter and the bread. <laughs> the, the the alts, I don't know what the hell it is. A banana, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, but it. That's just me. That's just me. And that's how I run with
1: it in in my mind. Bubba, Bubba, you you said exactly the the, the focus of this is that everything derives from Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So Bitcoin was the basis for all of the other things to exist. When you go to, and you know, used to be. When you went to an exchange, uh, it's changed a little bit recently. They'll take your fiat now to buy, you know, an altcoin. Um, But it used to be that in order for you to trade anything, you had to bring Bitcoin to the table and everything else that you could trade against in a trading pair was denominated against Bitcoin. I did not know that. And I always ask myself, oh yeah. So I always ask myself, you know, what am I, what am I doing here? So I'm... (laughs) I'm mining or I'm buying Bitcoin and I'm coming to an exchange so that I can dilute my Bitcoin into some other <laughs> shit. Right. That makes no Does sense. Does that make any sense to you? No. Because it it's... doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me then. It doesn't make any sense to me now. No, it's fucking. So
0: I get. I guess from my standpoint, I so look at that. Bitcoin
1: is the, is the basis is that Bitcoin is, listen, Bitcoin is the basis for everything else in in the in that world to exist. And so long as you realize that, then you realize what you're doing. You're, you're yeah. creating something that's a, a singularity for something that's a, you know, a, a diversity. And, and listen, derivatives get people in a lot of trouble. Oh, God, yeah. So derivatives of Bitcoin, which are all the other things are, are going to get people in a lot of trouble the 2008 crash was because of derivatives and you know extensions of things that were highly rated that are no longer highly rated because they're diluted yeah right and that's what this space has evolved into There's all this dilution and then there's bitcoin yep so if you can't understand it from any other perspective that's the way you need to look at it uh, oh yeah, what? everything came from it, and everything will fold back into it eventually. It's going to be like a, uh, you know, a supernova that becomes a black hole. Mm-hmm. So Bitcoin is, you know, has exploded, and there's all this gas out there, the stars that are ejected <laughs> from the supernova, right? all the, the different elements, and then eventually it's all going to be sucked right back into a black hole that is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. All that value is going to come right back, and it's just a matter of time. And you know where are you going to be in your head and in your finances when that happens? The the ripple people are finding out right now what that what that yep. looks like. Okay? Yeah. And you know everybody else will too. Uh, as Bitcoin Tina says, there is no alternative. Yeah. Eventually yeah. everything will come back to the source.
0: Yeah. And it's true. It's like I look at it like this. I I, I make fun of we were we were talking earlier about the open mindedness and stuff and the singularity and the laser vision. I'm a big maybe it's just because I'm an old fart and I've been around long enough to see this, I make fun when it all in the world changed where everybody goes, oh, I'm a multitasker. I can multitask and all this other shit. And I went, well, that means you do nothing fucking half. you, You do everything half assed. I said, I don't believe in multitask when I get on something. Like when I built my house in the Philippines, I was single minded and that's how it went. And I didn't think of nothing else for six months. Uh, Everything I do in my life, I don't multitask and I make fun of my wife. Sometimes she tries to multitask. And that's when shit breaks around the house, (laughs) you know, in the RV Uh, stuff like that. I don't I don't I look at the, the, the whole crypto thing like you were just saying. Bitcoin is the singular laser vision on it. Everything by everybody else is a multitasker. And I just laugh at it. I don't know if it's just who I am, but I just laugh at it. I don't. And I read some of the tweets of these people. Very rarely. I just go looking for it because I just want to see what their mindset is. And I just don't get it. I, it. For me, it just I can't even fathom what they're thinking and why they want to do this. Cause it would be more fun to go gambling, sit down at a blackjack table with a drink and shit. That would be a better form of gambling. I don't see how, sitting in I don't see how sitting in your bedroom, in your underwear, trading alt coins is fucking fun. I just don't get it. You know, it's not to me, it ain't rock and roll. <laughs> There's nothing rock and roll about that, you know, and I just don't get it. I, it, it My head spins and I go, well, okay, I don't I'm just out. I just, it it just, I laugh. I laugh a lot at it because I just, how can people be seem, seem like they're on an intelligent wavelength and yet not, (laughs) it just doesn't make sense. Uh, And it's like you said, like the influencers and stuff out there in the macro and the micro world and stuff. I just laugh all the time and go, well, they, they can talk a good talk it's obvious they went to college and they know all the big words yet they say fucking nothing and what they do get across is that they really don't know anything but they've got their believers who follow them and their believers go oh well it's the thing somehow they're like preachers like a like a, a preacher at a tent a revival a tent revival it's all bullshit and everybody fucking knows it yet they go inside the tent and just fall in love (laughs) you know the healer Mm, lord help them heal Mm. them but uh, i don't know i'm glad i'm
1: glad that uh, i've always i've always said i've always said that that a, a a true cyber hornet or a pleb they slay their thought leaders yeah it's it's the people who come out and and profess to be uh you know bitcoiners And they gather all this momentum behind them. And within the space of weeks, months, or, you know, in Raoul Powell's case, uh, you know, two months, all of a sudden, you know, this person who I watched multiple times and inspired me to some degree to think about Bitcoin in maybe a little bit of a different way. Uh, all of a sudden, he's thinking that uh, you know, if a maximalist is calling something a shitcoin, he wants to hear about it. Yeah. Like who? Who does that? Somebody who's selling a a a service or a podcast that you know leads people to think. Listen, how much money do you think uh, you know Real Vision Group would make if their podcast every day was about uh, the value of Bitcoin and why you should buy Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. It gets pretty boring pretty quick, right? Because yep. you know, if you know what the trick is, which is buy Bitcoin and and hold, huddle, yeah. hold, hold, right? Buy, and hold, it. buy and, and hold it. There isn't much to do, and there's not a whole lot of content that you need, yeah. right? But if all of a sudden there's you know these mixes of Bitcoin and shitcoin that you know they want to bundle together like the securities teams did (laughs) in 2008 brought down all the banks there you go where they bundle a triple a security like bitcoin Mm -hmm. with a bunch of triple b's like uh you know xrp and and some of these other coins and they drag down the value of what they're selling well you know this is what they have to do yeah but we don't have to listen to it. And, and most people should not be listening to it. They should, they should be laser focused on what the value is. And let me tell you something, you know, again, we slay our thought leaders, but you know, when you have a guy like Michael Saylor, who is willing to put forth hundreds of millions of dollars, essentially all of the, the, almost all the working capital of that company yeah, as in, in Bitcoin as a treasury asset. And he's, he has run that company for, I don't know how many years, right? It's like 30. Uh, I, I can even tell you when he started. Yeah. It's almost okay, 30 his, years. You know, he's he, His stock has been as low as $3, mm-hmm. right? But he, he has managed to maintain control of that company. He's managed to keep them profitable for all this time. Yep, and when he comes out and he does all this research and he convinces BlackRock, he convinces his board of directors, people that are you know macroeconomic focused, they're you know uh, they've got incredible amount of time put into the fiat world. When yep. he's able to convince them
0: to leave it that and come,
1: all of his yep. treasury should be invested in one place, yep, and that's Bitcoin. Well, you know, listen, at at some point, you just have to sort of say to yourself, listen, you know, he's a smart guy. And I could do worse than following his lead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Listen, Michael Saylor might become a shit coiner tomorrow. I don't know.
0: It could. It could. doesn't seem like it. No.
1: But he seems like he seems like the real deal. And, uh, you know, people could do a lot worse if they're getting into the space in 2020 or they got into the space in 2019, to look at what he did and the the calculation that he went through, the people that he convinced uh, to do this investment and follow his lead. And don't even bother with, you know, uh, all the other thought leaders in in this space and just say, listen, you know, Michael Saylor is my guide, so uh, I'm going to invest like he is. Yeah. And they're going to do a great job. Oh, I think so.
0: I, 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 I truly, not only is what Sailor has talked about, he already got in this and, and he's, you know, the size of his investment and stuff. I look, at, I always look at the whole package of everybody and what he's doing with the Sailor.org, uh, which is the university that he's, he's he, his projection is three years. He'll be totally Isn't accredited.
1: It, oh, Sailor.org. He also has Hope hope.org yep. or hope.com or something like that yeah he's got a number of uh of digital scarcity products yeah there you
0: go. and the sailor.org it really hits home for me because uh, you know, i got all my nieces and nephew over there in the third world and i know what that college that college education is is next to worthless it's just i know my wife is college educated she's a school teacher over here she she sweeps the floors mm-hmm. you know the fact that my nieces and nephews have a chance to get that free education that's really real. Uh, it's just it it makes my heart just go up in the air. So I I like Sailor for what he does with the Bitcoin stuff. I love I love him for what he's thrown out there in the world with Sailor.org because I I I have half of my family is in the third world where their opportunities are <laughs> compared to ours null and void they just they're not there and yeah. that is great that is yeah. great so I I look at the whole vision of that guy and I I'm like I'm I like him I like him a lot but at any moment like you said I don't think it's going to happen at any moment cuz like you were saying, like with Rao Poo Paul and, and all this other stuff, all I can hear when I hear these people go and turn toward the shit coins is like, Yeah, they're a used car salesman. If you've ever been on a used car sales lot of, of the local on the corner, yeah. those are the those are the shysters from fucking hell. They'll they'll sell you a car that barely fucking runs and they'll make you think it's great. And I I I equate that with their used car salesmen and Bubba. those are the least trustworthy.
1: Bob, Bob, they're carpet baggers. They're carpet baggers. Yeah, Let's yeah. You said it bigger.
0: earlier. You said it earlier. Yeah, and they are carpet baggers. I'm trying to be nice with the used car yep. salesman because <laughs> they're not all bad, but you know. Yeah. But when they switch, like like what you were saying, when they turn on that, when they it, to me, it seems like they just turn on a dime, and it's like, what the fuck are you thinking? Except that they know they've got. I guess it's, it, I almost call it, like it's, it's it's bad businessman or evil businessman. They know they got followers that will just go, well, he said it. So I'm going instead of going what? So he knows he's not going to lose any goddamn business. He'll have to take some heat and shit for a while. But he's like, yeah, well, I'm still living down here in the Caymans and I got my money and fuck you. And you know, those are don't, don't trust verify kind of thing and he he right now the whole verify thing went to shit. <laughs> He's done. You know, as far as anybody who once in the Bitcoin world kind of kind of really followed Raul now that they, they look at it with a different eye. If they listen at all anymore, I know you know you see it you see it around Twitter. There were people have just left him. That's it, done. Cause like you said, we will slam. You know, once you give up on us.
1: Listen, he he, he did his part by blocking some of us too the people yeah. that were the loudest uh, loudest critics so you know we we can't see and we don't hear uh but we know and uh, and we do refer to him from time to time when we uh, we run on our little diatribes right
0: yeah and the memes are funny <laughs> the memes are funny
1: <laughs> we, will, yeah. we will meme him out of existence yes we will
0: yeah so
1: he is scared. Trust me, he's scared. Oh, I how could he not be?
0: How could he not be? Because he's got a business, you know, and he realizes maybe he stepped over the line because now you hear him, you see some of those tweets, well, I've still got
1: Listen, 98%
0: of my wealth and Bubba, blah,
1: blah, blah. Bubba, Bubba, I wouldn't be surprised if Ralph Paul's side business is building roads. Because that <laughs> seems to be what he's most concerned
0: about. He's invested in a, in a road he's got, an, yeah. he's got an investment <laughs>
1: He's investment invested in asphalt. Okay, that's what he's invested in, and that's why he's scared.
0: So yeah, could be. as coming one. to run him over. There's that was a verbal meme right there. <laughs> that's cool. I, I'm glad I could help. Yeah. Yeah, you brought me a laugh. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, um, it could, kind of, sort of veering away, sort of from the Bitcoin thing, because. I, like I said, and we talked earlier about that, uh, I believe there's a story, everybody's got a story, and we all hear about the rabbit hole story, which I think they're all about the same, once you fall in, you just fucking, there you go. I I really have this theory that we all, to the edge of the rabbit hole where we fall in, what was it somewhere, somewhere back in time, that was the first light switch that flicked in you and started leading you down this road that you would even search for this? Uh, what was yeah. it a book? So, was it a movie something?
1: Yeah, it, it uh, that's the event horizon, right? Yeah, uh-huh. thanks. So that's you, you're asking me about the event horizon for me and the event horizon for me um, was working as a, an IT professional I hope you heard that. Eh, it sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, working as an IT professional in a in a hedge fund. And seeing the corruption and the criminality and the 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 bad faith with which these people utilized other people's funds to make themselves, to enrich themselves and make themselves rich at the expense of a lot of other people. Um, the impunity uh, with which they operate to do these types of things. And it became very clear to me working with these uh, uh, unethical uh Groups of people who only cared about themselves and only cared about their their wealth uh, at the expense of the people that they were supposedly had a, had a fiduciary responsibility to to assist them in making money. Mm-hmm. That I realized that um, there there has to be some other method for people to get ahead against these people. How do you front run? Um, Individuals who are so tied in and so nested into the, the, the legal world, uh, the, the, uh, the world of uh, finance, that they can just manipulate their own realities. I mean, how, how do you opt out of that? So, you know, listen, I, like everybody else, um, I'm sure, and I'm not going to say everybody else, but like most people, you feel like you're fighting upstream all the time. And maybe you don't have the opportunities that are afforded other people as uh, accredited investors, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, here's the financial world telling you that unless you have a certain amount of money, you are not allowed to invest in the same financial vehicles that these other people who are dumb as stumps and corrupt as hell. Mm -hmm. are capable of throwing their money into and that's how they break out of the of that circle of of poverty or slavery or uh rent seeking that they are forced into Mm -hmm. um and this this type of accreditation um is is a is a method for keeping people in their lane so i was always looking for something that would allow me to break out of the that that yoke of slavery, debt slavery, um, you know, debt thinking that would allow me to surpass these assholes that I worked for, that I, I truly hated. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and so, like I said, reading the white paper and understanding what I was looking at and understanding that this was also something That unless they had somebody like me working for them, to explain it to them, they would never get it. I could front run those people to a technology, to a savings technology, to a deflationary uh, value proposition that they could not fathom. And in that way, earn my financial independence. And there was only one thing that was going to do it for me, right? After I dabbled and I learned, I realized that there was only one thing and the And the value proposition of Bitcoin for me ultimately was digital scarcity. So listen, that's what, that's what did it. It was a, a really bad job uh, that had me looking for the rabbit hole. And when I found it, Uh, As we said, you know, I was I was pretty much laser focused on being uh, uh, being deeply involved and invested. Yeah. And it's worked out pretty good.
0: Yeah. And what you were saying there, I uh, (laughs) back in my my early days, uh, for me, it was it was Atlas Shrugged. And that just was the the light switch. I think I was 22, 23, when I read that. So it would have been the early eighties. And I read that. And what it was, was what you were just saying there, like the accredited investors. So in other words, you get, you get that first thing where Mr. Normal guy gets nothing and it was pull. And that was in the, in, that was in the, the shrug thing, the, the political pull. Like you said, they're corrupt as shit. They're just playing the game. And, And I didn't understand, I never, well, I understood it. I didn't like how people would out and out. These same people that would marry somebody and start raising kids and stuff and and eight or nine hours during their day, they're absolutely, their job was to figure out how to work a lie, how to lie to people and take advantage of it. And just, I'm like, this is just wrong. There's, and these people need to be called out. And this back in the day you know i I had no way of doing it like i said you know and that's that was my rabbit hole started so early there was nothing to fall down except life and that's why i said it after a certain point i started playing my disappearing act and i wish i hadn't done it now because i would have found bitcoin a lot earlier than i did but you know when you're not you're not on the internet you're you're just not in this world and I was just out driving a truck back and forth across America and not paying any attention to any of it because what I what I saw with my eyes in what was called real life I didn't like it so I didn't want to be part of it and instead of I got tired of fighting it around around 2000 and then we know what happened in 2001 and I was like, this is it. You know, they, they hit the buildings and here come that Patriot Act. I said, we're done. We are we as a human race. That's I was looking at it from a crazy standpoint. And I was just tired of fighting. So the disappearing act. Uh, but I do remember back in my hairdresser days, a couple uh, younger college kids, and I was cutting some hair this, this I had like three or four of these guy clients that were fraternity boys and whatever. Uh, but they were talking about, you know, at the time, this was in the nineties and at the time talking about the information highway, it's going to be, I'm just going to. And I was like, well, how are you going to make money just having a website? What do you, what is the website? He goes, it's just information, you know, and it was back there before the com and, and all this other stuff. But when I did find the Bitcoin, like you were saying, it was like, to me, Bitcoin is what they had told us the information highway and how like you use the words digital scarcity, the information that is Bitcoin in the code and everything else. It is the essence of what the Internet was started for. (laughs) It was it literally is. And I don't understand tech that much. But it was Bitcoin to me is it is the information highway. Top tier, the only thing that matters, because everything else is no has become noise in the information highway. And to sift through all that noise that's on this fucking box, I call it the box, the internet. There's so much noise that it's it, it you can't keep up with it, and it's too much to sift through. And when I found Bitcoin, it was like there it is, the guiding light, the beacon on the hill. You know the lighthouse i'm not going to crash into the rocks anymore there we go and i just went full fledged kind of like a redneck michael sailor i took everything i got and i put it in it yeah and i was like and my That's wife good, yeah my wife at first was like oh, are you sure i said hey come on we're going and now she's stacking she's got her own little swan account her little ten dollars a day that she's stacking she's you know we got this she's getting a wallet coming and all this so so she's getting into it and now she'll call me up at night i just saw this and blah 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 i'm like yeah uh uh-huh uh-huh and i'm like i hang up and i'm like this is cool because my i don't have to fight my wife on this stuff she's in full-fledged here we go down the down the 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 world and now she's going down this rabbit hole that she's heard me talking about for 12 years and it's funny now because now it's like Honey, you are exactly right. You've been telling me this, but I watched somebody on YouTube or whatever, you know, and she goes, You're right. And I said, Oh, so you had to get confirmation on my ass? (laughs) You know, kind of funny shit, but it's a good place to be in. It's a really good place to be in because now she's in. She's in. I got nobody questioning, you know, she's with me. And that's pretty cool.
1: Well, let's, 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 you know, put it this way. I, I met my wife after, uh, before I met Bitcoin, right? So even better than that, it's nice to, uh, you know, so I didn't bring it into the relationship. Uh, You know, I wasn't that guy on a date who's, you know, talking about this new financial technology that's, you know, going to make everybody rich because she probably wouldn't have gone on the second day. with me right at that point this guy is nuts yeah but uh you know we found it together and uh and that makes it you know even easier yeah for us to lead a life that allows and stack sets together yep. Right, make decisions on uh, investments that we're going to make. Gratification to some degree, together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it just makes it a lot easier that way. And I would encourage you know people that are, <clears throat> you know that are noose, you know sat stackers, to surround themselves with people who are like minded in that way, because yeah. it's very easy to be, uh, you know, live in a neighborhood, have a group of friends that are. Uh, you know hey he's got that so i've got to have that right it's a, a one-upmanship and that really doesn't work uh with a, a long time preferences uh, uh as safe would say right right um you know develop that long time preference yourself and then surround yourself with people who are of the same thought process and it just makes it so much easier to to look at your future in a very, very positive way. And I hope that, you know, that people are are going to do that. Hey, Rid yourself and shed yourself of those people that are super all those other things and focus on what's important for enjoy all of those things because you delayed your gratification mm-hmm. to some degree.
0: Yep. And well that that whole thing right there because it's just you, like you were saying the, the keep the smith's keeping up with the joneses in the neighborhood you know and stuff mm-hmm. which i never i watched a lot of friends do it i didn't do it you know it just never was part of my life i've always driven old beat up cars because i'm a delayed gratification uh in the sense of to me i work i work i work really hard for my Bubba, uh, for, yeah
1: Bubba, America is full of these people. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Just you know, you're surrounded by it everywhere you go. You're drowning in it. <laughs> you're no, drowning. I'm sorry, I in didn't mean it. to interrupt you.
0: No, that's okay. Uh, yes, I was.
1: You know, I, I was.
0: Yeah, uh, I've always coming from my, my my lineage. I've always been like, I worked too hard for the money I have in my pocket to throw it away on fucking bullshit. I just, that's was the only thing that kept me in line where I would look at the other people. Like you said, the, the drowning in the Smith and the Joneses and hell, in this RV park, I see it. They've got these big fifth wheels and God knows they might've spent sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 on this fucking thing. And mine, is just as nice, but it's 22 years old. So it was a little bit cheaper than theirs. And I bought it cash outright. And I know that they probably are not cash outright. They're making their monthly payment on it. Yeah. Uh, and it just makes no sense to me because all you have to do is like, all you have to do in this world is do a little bit of shopping <laughs> and find something of value that is what you need, but at a, at a, at a nicer value. Uh, like my car, I drive, I drive the biggest truck on the earth and my car is a fucking 17 year old mini Cooper. <laughs> it's the smallest car on the, yeah. road. <laughs> you know,
1: I have a friend who has one of those.
0: Oh, I love, I love the little bugger. It's fun to drive, but you know, uh, could I have gone and bought a nice big old brand new car? Coulda didn't, you know, Cause it also served a purpose. I needed a car. I could trail behind this thing if we need to roll. And so there you go. And a mini Cooper is great for that. Cause yep. you don't have to do anything to the transmission, just put it in neutral, hook it up and go, uh, but I don't, you know, that's how I do these things. And again, I don't think my way is the way it's the only way for me, I don't care if, if, if other people take this advice and roll with it. Cause it's, as I like to say, my way of living and my way of doing things is only good for me that I know of. So I don't try to force this right. idea. What I do force down people because I've lived this way forever. I'm, I'm big on, I have no debt and I've been debt free for so fucking long. It makes life very, very simple. When well, you don't have bills, the, the weight of the world is off your shoulders. And even without Bitcoin, you still have fuck you money, because if you are to lose your job or maybe your boss pisses you off, you just quit and you're not going to die because you're not you're not a paycheck away from homeless. And it just makes life simple. Um, sure. You know, that's the only thing I push down people. I'm kind of the big debt free guy get debt free and life will become good
1: yeah well yeah, debt is an asset <laughs> <laughs> well that's what uh, they told that's what they told know. me in college. The world, is, the world is upside down man oh yeah yeah it, it, it Yes, it, it, your it, network is based on how much debt you can accumulate. Yeah, that's, that that's it's
0: fucking nuts. Like I said, they in college. If you can get a million dollars in the hole, you're a millionaire. It's fucking backwards, bonkers bullshit. Just, you know, I don't know, you know. But I've watched, you know, I've been on this world, I've been on this this fucking rock for a while, and I've I've watched the, that that seems sure. to be how most people want to do it, and it's just. I don't know. It's nuts. It's crazy. And for the true, for the people that are truly close to me, it, it breaks my heart for all these years. I've been telling them, telling them, I'm telling them how to do it, how to get out the fucking debt. And instead they go buy a new car. (laughs) It just breaks my heart. Are you there? Oh shit! Did the internet get us? Are you still there? It, it's like there you are. Like, uh,
1: it's like a sugar high. <laughs> That's what I've learned.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, it, yeah
0: now I've caught I, you. Yeah, right?
1: yeah, listen, I swore off. I swore off sugar some time ago. So
0: yeah, I, I'm.
1: The, we're caught up now.
0: Yeah, we're caught up now. Yeah, I I swore off sugar. I used to be a big fat boy. Um, and I'm actually going back on a diet. This year has been really rough on me because of just sitting down doing nothing. I've gained fucking 20 pounds this fucking year in COVID. That's what it did to me. And, uh, but I did, uh, back in 2015, uh, I weighed 320 pounds and in seven months got down to 180. And that was a lot of swearing off sugar and shit. Yep. And, but this year, man, COVID fucked me up in the sense of, cause I just, there's nothing to do. And I just ended up doing a lot of sitting and in the early stages, did a lot of comfort eating because this whole COVID thing drove me nuts. So next week I start and I'll go back and I know, I know how to do it and I'll do it. And, you know, it'll just be a couple months of, of, uh, maybe no fun, maybe no alcohol. <laughs> it could happen. Uh, <sighs> You know when everybody says that you know i keep thinking of that looking back you know people will look back on 2020 and go what was 2020 to you you know because of covid and i'm just gonna go fucking gaining weight god it <laughs>
1: well listen don't give up, give up drinking on account of me all right it's oh i won't give
0: you. up drinking account of anybody except myself. own self. no no i i I, uh, I call it sanity sauce you know in this world we kind of need it every once in a while to keep us sane you know, uh, and being a, being a truck driver and there's only so many days a week I can have sanity sauce because otherwise, you know, arrested and gone and there you go. So, you know, it, it's a good release after uh, buzzing. get the highway, get the, get the wine and the buzz of the highway out of my ass. It, it works, you know, what, uh, I wanted to ask you. So like on a day, uh, I don't know what you do uh, in this daily world, but other than Bitcoin, what, what interests you, what, where are your interests? Is it music, movies, what, cars, what?
1: Did you hear me? None of really interests me. I mean, besides, you know, I, I, I work. At Hello. Yep. Yes. Nope. Yep, we're there. Bubba. We're there. We're here. Okay. We're, we're caught up again. Okay. Yep. <laughs> the internet's having fun. Um, with it's us. uh listen, I I listen, I've been doing technology and technology work for a long time, longer than I would care to say. But what <laughs> what really motivates me? Uh-huh. I love playing with my dogs. There it brings it. me all kinds of peace. Um so Hey, listen. I, I I love my my two golden retrievers. Let's put it that way. I was just going to ask you what kind of dogs you have. You got two two. That's golden? what I like to spend my time doing.
0: That's cool because yeah. it is dogs. Dogs are. Uh, we don't have a dog right now. We've always had a dog, but we don't have a dog right now. Uh, we had one, and when she she was going to take it with her over to the Philippines in 2016, until she um. And he was a pound dog. his gray He's a pit bull terrier. He was the greatest dog, Bootsy. Uh, and to get him to the Philippines, it was crazy. It was almost like 2000 bucks to get him to the Philippines.
1: Yeah, and he's a pit, too. So that makes it even more difficult.
0: Right. So I was like, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Because it, it was like her child. And she had a friend who had a farm. And we go see him in once in a while. And that dog's in hog heaven. He's chasing rabbits. He's doing whatever the fuck he's got. Like, uh, I don't know how many acres to run around on. So we got him a good home. But we we talk about it. We miss a dog now. But we know we're leaving again in three years. And we got like, I don't know, over there. We got six dogs, <laughs> you know. That they're just running right. around because in the in the philippines you just pick up dogs there's stray dogs everywhere there's no there's no neutering going on in the philippines <laughs> there's just dogs everywhere sure. you look so you know it's like well okay we're just gonna we're gonna do without the dogs until we get over there and the philippines is kind of weird because of traffic and everything else you sometimes lose dogs as quick as you get a dog <laughs> you know
1: Bubba, that sounds very responsible of you. Uh, yeah, kudos. God forbid, don't tell, don't <laughs> fucking
0: tell nobody that I'm being responsible. Stop that. We don't want that to get out. <laughs> we don't
1: anybody um, want to know. You're that. gonna have to, you're gonna have to cut that out of the video. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to cut edit that shot. out of the. I don't know how to do that podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know how to do that. I'm glad you're telling me that now. I'm glad I didn't say anything terrible. <laughs>
0: That happened happened about two podcasts ago. Well, the one that that, uh, Kenny Boy was up there, and there was a moment where you hear him, his wife had come and taken the whiskey away from him earlier in the podcast. And then at some point, he gets up, he's like, where's my whiskey? And he comes back and goes, can you edit that out? And I'm like, I don't fucking know how. (laughs) You know, welcome to reality, brother. You got an idiot over here that doesn't know how to do shit. I can barely... (laughs) It's like I when I got a hold. So that's the difference.
1: Go ahead. That's the difference between him and me, because I got I've got liquor incoming and he had liquor outgoing. That's right.
0: That's right. That's how you know it. That's how you, and that's good. You know, you. I'm got doing it. I'm good. doing it right, Bubba.
1: Yeah, as far got, as I'm concerned, I'm doing it right. A,
0: you got a good setup. It's it's the right way to do it. Uh, yeah, that's that makes me think of something back in my Florida days when I lived in Florida, I was like, and I was, I lived in bad mouse land for two years. And that's where I had my, my accident and stuff. I, man, driving down in Florida, I don't know how you guys do it. it it's like, you're taking your life in your, your own hands down there. At least it was around the Orlando area. When I was down in there, crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> they just fast and they just change lanes and you know you're like goddamn, do they understand how inertia works
1: well listen i just went on a, a on a road trip recently uh, and uh, as crazy as the florida drivers are uh, they in in a way they're more predictable than some of the drivers that i encountered on uh, i-95 and virginia and new york and new jersey area that it seems like people drive around like zombies there, and they're not paying attention to anything. I mean, at least Florida people are going fast and they're making their way through traffic, and that's you know you know that they're gonna they're gonna be aggressive, and you can plan for that. Yeah. But when people are just sort of meandering at you know 65 miles an hour and they're not moving, and I I, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> that was more scary for me than Florida driving
0: yeah well you asked you asked earlier what made me move out west that was a lot of it because most of my truck driving career was on the east side of the Mississippi I was based out of Indiana right and I-95 we have a we call it affectionately in the trucking world the asshole highway (laughs) because it's filled up all the way up that eastern seaboard the worst it is crazy so you ask how I got out west here I wanted to drive peacefully <laughs> and you can, except you go over, you go over the mountain into California and it, it, all bets are off. But right now I literally like, like this thing I got now, I literally drive between Reno and Salt Lake city. This is all I do. And then I turn around and come back to Reno. It's 500 miles of nothing. There are no cars. There's very little trucks out there. because if you look at a map there's nothing there's no elko i have to i have to do a stop in elko elko might be the biggest city and it might be 20 or thirty thousand. <laughs> that's the biggest city and right. when i and when i get into salt lake i'm on the west side of salt lake so i don't really drive in salt lake i'm on the west side i don't see nothing i might see out of my whole day i might see five minutes of like maybe some congested traffic when i hit salt lake in the I and mean, the, the sun's up and people are going to work, maybe five, 10 minutes of, of shit. The rest of the night is just the cruise control and I'm drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes and life is good. I'm just out there looking, you know, looking at the stars through the, through the uh, windshield and stuff. And out there, out here in Nevada, lots of falling stars every night. It's like wish upon a star Listen, I got every night.
1: Go, not Don't. don't. Don't sell it short. Don't sell it short. It's beautiful country to drive through, especially on a clear night. Mm. I've uh, I've done RV trips from, you know, the mid mid of the country to California and driven through Utah, and it's mm. it's absolutely stunning. Yep, on a moonlit night, gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well,
0: I like to say that when when we had our property in Nevada, being when you're on the east side of the Mississippi, there's lots of lights. So at nighttime, it's, you don't really get to see it much of the stars. You know, there's lots of lights, uh, where we were at Nevada. I never thought I would get bored every night. I would walk out of the RV at about 11, whatever, beer in hand, having a cigarette and look up every night straight above my house. <laughs> it was the fucking Milky way every night. And oh, I never funny. thought I never thought seeing the Milky Way would get boring, but it does.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I wish I could be that bored. I, I think that eventually I'll end up out that way. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I I I truly
0: I truly love it out here. And you know, the only reason we're going to move back to the Philippines is because she's you know her family, it's it's we have quite a family over there and she loves her family. Uh, my family and me, eh, it's a different story. <laughs> it's a different story. So we're moving back there because that's where our farm is at and stuff. She wants to be back there. But I love it out here in the West. I, I just I can't promote it enough. Where if you want peace, just come out west. And don't live in a big city, but come out west and wow. Just even in the in the daylight, hell we've we been sp- looking
1: at I've been looking a lot at yeah. Uh, listen, given, given the landscape, I've been looking a lot at Wyoming uh, as a place to settle just yeah. because of the, 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 um, the certainty with which I think that, uh, you know, Bitcoiners are going to be treated well in, uh, in a political environment yep. that uh, supports them. And uh, you know, if I can't count on the federal government to apply that umbrella for me, then I certainly want my local government, which you know obviously is closer to me, to to be uh, that that umbrella for me. And uh, it it seems like they're on the right path. So I've been looking a lot at that too. I'm sure a lot of other Bitcoiners are looking around the world. And personally, I think this country is the best country in the world. So. If yeah. I can find a place to to hang my hat here that's going to treat me with uh, respect and uh, and honor the choices that I've made in, in you know saving in in a way that I feel is uh, incredibly responsible, <laughs> yeah. then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a shot. Oh yeah, I'm with you. Like I said.
0: Wyoming was was my choice. It was mine because driving through it all those years and i I not just I 80, but i had done stuff going up into the mountains and stuff. It's just why it is big sky country. It's just big sky. You just it's wide open and the population is very low. But what you were saying, where they're going with with uh, Caitlin Long, Cynthia Loomis, uh, Kraken getting their thing together. I think Wyoming's going to be a haven. Uh, yes, you know you you just you can't really yes you can't afford well if Bitcoin does what Bitcoin does you can, but over near Jackson Hole and and Yellowstone State Park on that side of Wyoming, oh man, you, you, it's expensive. <laughs> the price of land right. is very expensive. But from um, Helena or no, that's Montana. Um, uh, yeah yeah the middle from the middle of well just east of, of yellowstone cody and that yeah, there's a very affordable wide open spaces and you're still you've got most of your what you need you know you need to have a place to go get food things like that it you can find it almost everywhere you know uh a really nice town is a. Uh, and there's a college there but Laramie as far as a town there's a it's a nice town Laramie is and it's on the other side of the mountain so it doesn't quite get the same amount of shit that Cheyenne does Cheyenne gets a lot of wind a lot of snow uh you know to where I always love it you know you got the signs above the highway uh you, don't drive if you've got a tall vehicle because the wind is gonna knock your ass over, <laughs> you know. And that's always fun in the middle of the night at three in the morning, you know, with <laughs> a, a nice snow and ice storm. It's a it's a big uh it's a big sure. butt butt pucker moment, <laughs> you know. But it's fun. Um Elk Mountain is a real nice area. Uh I love Wyoming, just love it. I just knew. You know, with those winters, there was no way my wife was going to do it. Because when it hits sixty degrees, she's cold. She's cold. You know, it's the winter jacket and the whole damn Uh, deal.
1: Listen, as long as I've got skis on my on my feet, I can I can manage just about any temperature.
0: There you go. There you (laughs) go. Put it that way. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think in what you said there too, I think it's right. I think a lot of uh, people in the Bitcoin community will start looking toward that because they're they're all starting the you know texas i feel like i'm sorry with everybody from california moving to texas it's going to change texas i don't care what they think it's going to change texas and texas ain't going to be what texas was texans are good texans will fight it right. for a while but you know voting is what voting does and everybody because we know it here in nevada like i say we we've already sort of lost nevada because of reno and vegas that you know those people from san francisco went to reno uh and then people from la went to vegas and voting wise it's changed this whole state you know but you get it in in a yeah
1: you're not gonna drag me into a discussion about what <laughs> happened in this election. I'm telling you that right now.
0: Oh, I'm not trying to take okay? so it. So don't out. even try. No, I'm not even trying to take it. I don't it want
1: out. to talk about voting.
0: No, no, I'm talking about <laughs> on, I'm talking about on a local level. Uh if if you know anything, if you've if you've heard anything about me, I I uh, okay. I don't believe I haven't believed in what I like. I like to say, we have the we have I'm with you. I, I love this. I love I love, I think this country's great and our constitution is the next greatest. I don't think there might've been a better piece of paper written. Only problem is we've hired a bunch of managers that suck ass and we have for years. And I like to say the constitution's almost sure. become, the constitution's almost become just a piece of artwork hanging up in the Smithsonian because those fuckers in Washington don't really follow it much at all. Uh, so you're not going to get me on an election nope. and I'm not trying to take you in elections. Cause I think most of it's a, it's a lie. And I don't think it's right. You know, that's just me. And that's my rebellion.
1: Nope. <laughs> it's not just you, Bubba.
0: Yeah. I always like to
1: We're talk right about it next time. Yeah. Um, do you, I've got to I've got to wrap it up. I'm okay. getting hungry, buddy. <laughs> oh, well, Shit. A man's <laughs> you know, got to eat. Pushing, pushing nine o'clock on my side.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You're that's You're right. over, you're over there on that side for of it. me you're on that side of the clock. But anyways, this was, the, thank you for coming on. This was great. I would love to do it again. Cause you, 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 uh, you have an elegant way of talking, which I don't. So I, I shut up, which was the first time in a long time, somebody shut me up. Cause I was listening. That's great. <laughs> That's an accomplishment to get me to shut up.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm blushing, Bubba.
0: I'm blushing. Well, well, don't. I'm not buying you a drink and I ain't trying to get in your pants. So, <laughs> you know, there you go. But, uh, anyways, thank That's you. That's a good coming.
1: thing. We would yeah. have a problem if we were doing that.
0: <laughs> it, it would look weird.
1: <laughs> it was really nice meeting you.
0: Yeah, it's nice meeting you. Uh, have a good steak and say hello to the wife for us over here. And uh, we will talk to you later. But thank you very much.
1: Well, cool. all right. We'll see you absolutely
0: anytime yeah. take care right. see I told you good show glad y'all listen thank you for coming we're just the normal people here no sponsors we're probably never gonna have no sponsors because who would but if Evan Williams wants to sponsor me That'd be cool. Anyways, this is a this is a, a thankful time of the year. A little year in get you thinking about where we've been. Twenty twenty's been what twenty twenty's been. But I never thought I'd be doing a podcast, and here I am. And this is a uh, this is pretty much for us, us, we, the people. A little bit of freedom, a little bit of independence, or a lot of freedom and a lot of independence. Either way you look at it. But I'm very appreciative for those of you that do listen. I ain't that many of you, and that's okay. This, uh, it's good to talk to people of like mind and like thought processes. And all the same, close enough. Anyways, glad y'all listen. I'm glad y'all like it. If you don't, you're not even listening to this. <laughs> so anyways, as usual, have a good time. Enjoy the bull run. It's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be a fun, fun decade. It's going to be fun. So have a good time.